Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Today, we want to learn how to name our feelings. Not to live in our feelings, not to live just out of our feelings like some sort of narcissistic, self-absorbed introspection, but we want to, uh, to look in them, to be aware of them, whether they are good or bad or ugly, and so that we can bring our feelings to Jesus so we can find freedom and we can find wholeness. All right, that is, that is the goal. Who's seen the movie Jaws? Was, that movie came out the year I was born. Okay, three of you. <laughs> it's all right. Who's heard of Jaws? Okay, there we go. That's better. So uh, in this movie, there's this giant shark. Right? And he is lurking beneath the surface of the, the waters. People are out there swimming. They're having a good time when all of a sudden this shark strikes and it's, it's real bad. So I, I like listening to Amber's mom tell the story when her and uh, her husband Dale uh, first saw Jaws. She says, I was scared for weeks to even go to the bathroom. <laughs> I guess you're just, who knows if there's a great white this is swimming around in there. But it was this scary movie, and so the, the shark attacks, and it's really, really terrible, right? And so now everybody knows there's this dangerous shark in the water. So what do they do? Or what would you do in, in response to that? Right? We could easily just stay out of the water, right? You just, you know, hang out on the beach. You could probably still dip your toes into the surf, right? But just don't go in the water. Simple. And we all have stuff lurking around in the deep places of our, of our heart. And emotionally unhealthy people, they find a way of coping with it without actually dealing with it. Like people knowing that there is a shark in the waters that just stay on the beach. But as we saw in the movie, if you saw it or just trust me, dealing with what is lurking beneath the surface of our, of our hearts right? It is a little bit scary. It feels a little bit dangerous, and it takes some time, and it takes some energy. And it's easier just to build sandcastles, just to pretend out into the deep waters and look at what is down there. So this analogy breaks down in that our feelings aren't actually terrible, destructive sharks that are waiting to, to kill us, right? That is the, that feelings aren't actually bad, Feelings uh, are good, right? They are given to us by God, but often we can treat them like they are this deadly thing that we just need to stay away from so that we can stay safe. And what's really scary, I'm going to get off that picture of the scary shark, and what's scary is that we can remain in these kind of comfortable, distorted illusions about our life. We can think, ah, everything's fine. Look at, look at me, everything is fine, right? And we just learn to deal or to not deal with the garbage. But as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, the, the deeper we allow Holy Spirit into the deep places of our heart, the more freedom that we get to walk in. And Peter Scazzaro in his book, The Emotionally Healthy Church, actually invites us and calls us to look beneath the surface of the iceberg. This is probably a much better analogy than the, the Jaws analogy, but I thought that was fun. 
So in, in Schizero's analogy, we have this iceberg. And as you see an iceberg, really, you just see like the top 10% of it. There's 90% of the iceberg lurking beneath the, the waters. And when the, the Titanic sank, it wasn't because they ran into the top 10%. It's because they ran into the bottom 90%. And most of the time when Christians uh, shipwreck their lives or if they live inconsistent lives, it's because of the hidden 90%, not because of what is going on on the outside. And so we need to look under the surface even though we would rather hide from the truth. We would rather protect ourselves than come out exposed and naked before God. And we see this even in the, the very first, uh, uh, the, one of the first stories in the Bible, in the story of Adam and Eve. They ate the, the forbidden fruit and they are hiding in the trees from Jesus, and he, or from God. And, and God finds them and calls them out and says, why are you hiding? And they said, it's because we were naked. And so we'll pick this up in verse 11, Genesis 3, 11. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Oh, that's not the part I wanted. <laughs> who, who put this together? This is terrible. So, in verse 8, he says, I apologize about that. The man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord as he walked in the garden in the cool of the day. They hid from the Lord among the trees. But the, the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And then this happens, right? And so they, they're hiding. And because they are ashamed, they are afraid of, of what is going to happen when they encounter the living God. Right? And just like Adam and Eve, we would rather hide from the truth. We would rather protect ourselves than be exposed. Right? And we all know, most of us probably know, because we went to Sunday school enough, the correct answer. Right? Is God going to be angry and smite you down when you come to him with your junk? No, we all would probably get that right on a multiple choice test. But there's still something lurking inside of us, right, that's kind of like, I don't want to test it. I'm so messed up. God is going to be so disappointed. Right? We start projecting onto God things from our, our family history. Right? I, mean, I remember when I messed up and I came and told my dad, and he screamed at me. He was so mad. Right? And so we just start projecting or we kind of put these ideas onto God the Father. And so we're like, it's safer just to hide. But our call today and for this next series is to actually run into that. Go into the deep places because Jesus wants to meet you there. And it takes time, it takes energy, and it takes courage for us to face what is lurking beneath the surface. And, and sometimes it's not until a crisis happens, right? Some crisis happens in our marriage or in our family or at work, and all of a sudden we are forced to deal with what's going on in our hearts. But what would happen if we were willing to look at that and deal with our emotional stuff before the breakdown? Right? What if we were able to, to deal with our, the, the things swirling around in our hearts 
right? Before we get addicted to pornography or before uh, we uh, upset our spouse so much that they move out and don't want anything to do with us, right? What if we did this work ahead of time to kind of smooth the seas, right? Because as we practice emotional health, your life gets better and those around you, their lives get better. It's just a, it's a win-win all the way around. So what we want to do today is look at these four primary components that Schizero gives us for going beneath the surface for yourself and with others. Right? And this is what we're going to be talking about at our community groups this week. We're going to be discussing right, how do we do these four steps? Do we do them well? Is it easy? And all that kind of stuff. We actually had a great uh, staff meeting on, on Tuesday, the staff of the three New Day churches in Michigan gets together every Tuesday just talking about this. And there's something about dealing with this stuff in community that just makes it easier and it allows us to go further together than we're often willing to go on our own. So I encourage you to go to the community groups. You don't have to share the depths of your pain, right? You can just come and, and share what you feel comfortable sharing. And it's going to be really, really valuable. So we're going to look at these four components. Oh, let me read them all first. First, the awareness of what you're feeling and doing. That's the important bit, becoming aware. Then we ask the why or the motivation questions. Why am I feeling like this? And then we link the gospel and emotional health. It's not enough just to recognize, oh, I'm super sad or I'm scared or whatever. The trick is to take this real emotion that we're feeling and bring it to Jesus, where we find healing and wholeness. And then fourth, because we've done these things, we can step out of our glittering images, or what we used to call the church mask when I was growing up. So let's look at each of these individually. First, we need to be aware of what we are feeling and doing. For some of us, this is super easy. We're very emotional people. Um, we just are, we, can, we know what is going on or we've, we've learned how to pay attention to what's going on in our hearts. But for some, this is actually really difficult. Like for me, this hasn't always been easy. Now I would probably say I'm a, a bit of an emotional person. Uh, but there were lots of times where I just got so used to squashing and hiding and getting rid of those things and just getting busy doing something else that I started to not pay attention. Right? I just didn't know what was going on. And one thing that can be really helpful if you are one of these people that has a hard time kind of getting down and understanding what your emotions are is to start to pay attention to your physical body. Right? If you're, like, you find yourself clenching your teeth or you have this upset stomach or you're all tense or whatever, just start paying attention going, oh, wait, why am I doing that? Right? Because our body starts to react right? sometimes with, without us actually thinking. And so if we you know, find our foot tapping right, or we're uh, struggling with insomnia, man, there was this time that I had insomnia so bad for, it was probably... I don't think it was probably a year, but it was a really long, it was months and months. And it was so bad. 
And it, eventually, I was like, God, I cannot stand this anymore. I am an absolute mess. What is going on? And there was some stressful stuff. Amber and I were trying to sell one house and buy another house. And we just had these little people. And it was just this stressful time period. But I didn't realize how much it was affecting me because I was just chugging along, doing what I needed to do. Right? But when I stopped and go, oh, wait, I'm freaked out about this, naming that feeling allowed me to deal with it so that I could sleep again. Right? So one benefit is uh, to look and, or not benefit, but one strategy is to pay attention to our physical body and see what that might be telling us about our feelings. Um, and so that's kind of like, if we go back to our, our Jaws idea, like, you know, everybody knows that song, whether you've seen the movie or not. It came out in 1975, so it's a long time ago. But we all know that song, right? And so it's like, when you hear the song in the movie, you know, wait, something bad is about to happen, right? Be careful. Uh, Don't go to the bathroom. Something's happening. Uh, uh, And so we need to start listening to those themes in, in our lives so that we can deal with it, right? So the other thing that we can do, and this is whether you are easily in touch with your emotions or not, is taking time daily to come in silence before the Lord. Right? We want to, to live out of loving union with God. We want to live in communion with God. And we can come before Jesus and go, God, what am I feeling right now? Why am I feeling this? Right? And we can just ask him and he's happy to, 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 to show us what's going on. He's happy to, to go into the depths with us. Right? And that's another place where this great Jaws analogy breaks down, is that it's not like Jesus is like, hey, you got some crap out in your ocean. Get out there, right? No, he's actually like, hey, I've got a boat. I've got all the equipment. Just come with me, and we're going to go out, and we're going to deal with what is lurking beneath the surface. You don't have to be afraid. I am with you. And so we sit in silence before the Lord. This is a tough thing. This is a tough practice. But learning to be silent before the Lord, to me, has been one of the, the most beneficial practices that I've, that I've learned. I, used, I started just like going, I'd set a timer for two minutes. I'm just going to sit quietly with the Lord for two minutes. And now, sometimes in my quiet times, I just sit quietly. I just drink my coffee. I look at the trees and try to center myself in Jesus. That's beautiful. Sometimes we talk. Sometimes I hang out. Anyway, there you go. So those are two ways to practice becoming aware of what you're feeling and what you're doing. And the purpose of this not, it isn't just introspection, not just another thing on your to-do list, but it is to pay attention to what is going on above the surface and below the surface, right? So that we can invite Jesus into it, so that we can be transformed completely. We need to pay attention. In The Empire Strikes Back, it's movie day. In The Empire Strikes Back, this came, when did this come out? That's probably seven years later. This is 1980, maybe, five years later. Anyway, so in, in Empire Strikes Back, a spoiler alert, uh, we find out that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Nobody's shocked? What? Oh my gosh. <clears throat> and uh, so they're fighting. They're in Cloud City, and Luke is not fully trained as a Jedi, but he wants to go and save his, his friends, right? And so he goes, and he confronts the evil Darth Vader. 
and they're fighting, and Vader cuts off Luke's hand, and Luke it's like, well, I'll go to this safe spot here in this, over this cavern. And in, in this very, very famous scene, the, 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 uh, Darth Vader reaches his hand out like he's doing there, and he says, I am your father, right? Luke, you know it to be true. No, and Luke has this really whiny, terrible voice, right? It can't be! And, uh, and, and Vader says this. He says, search your feelings, Luke. Mark, did you use this story just because it said feelings? Yes, I did. But Vader says, search your feelings, Luke. You know it to be true. Right? And just like Luke, it was, we, it's much easier for us to ignore what we know to be true. Right? It's so much easier just to ignore what we know. There's, oh, there's some junk happening inside of us, and it's easier just to ignore it. Have you guys ever been, like, you're out shopping or you want to go shopping and you're like, man, I'm not exactly sure how much is in my bank account right now. And you're like, I don't really want to look because I actually want to buy this thing. And if I look at what's happening, I'm going to have to deal with the reality. But now I can just ignore it, right? And I can buy this TV that I really, really want or whatever it is, right? But, but Vader tells Luke to search your feelings, right? And so we are invited in to, to look at what's going on. And because Luke did this, he was able to redeem his father. He was able to do the hard work of actually getting through to his father. And look, his father's not a scary, terrifying, dark Sith. He's just a scary, a sad old man in a, in a monster suit, Right? And so maybe our feelings and our emotions that we want to avoid, we want to hide, aren't as scary as we think. Maybe they're just a sad old man in a monster suit. It's much more, it's much less scary when you take the mask off, right? Okay, I don't know if that worked, but that's what we got. So, all right, we face the surface. We need to go beneath. Uh, we need to go down and see what's going on there to look at the truth. Jesus says, the, uh, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, right? You know the truth about your banking account, and yeah, it's disappointing, now I can't buy that TV, but at least you're not paying the, the overdraft fees or whatever happens, right, by buying the TV and ignoring your bank account bottom line. Anyway, let's move along, shall we? Number two, after we pay attention, after we name our feelings, we ask the motivation questions. Why am I feeling like this, right? And I told a story a couple weeks about feeling blue and going into the library and go, oh God, why do I feel like this? Oh, I feel like this because I'm scared. Why am I scared? Oh, this thing's happening with my family. Why is that scaring me so much? Oh, it's God, it's because I don't trust you, right? And so I, was, I learned to ask these questions to get to the root of what was going on in my heart. And I think there's uh, something that we can learn from the story of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. And so, in Luke chapter 10, it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? that my sister has left me to do the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, 
The Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. So this may be a familiar uh, passage or familiar story to many of us, and I know that my first reaction is like, well, you go, Martha. Somebody's got to get some stuff done around here, right? Uh, But Jesus has a different take on it, right? He's like, Martha, what is going on in your heart? He doesn't actually ask, ask that question. Maybe it's implied. Maybe he did in reality. But what we see is that Jesus gets right to the core of it. You're not, actually, you're not actually mad about you know, Mary not helping you. Right? You're not actually mad about these things that you're overreacting about. You're actually worried and upset about a bunch of stuff. But you don't have to be worried. I've got you. You are safe here. Right? And, and so what we can learn here is that we need to look at what is going on. What is going on beneath the surface? Like, all right, Martha, why are you so upset? Uh, I'm, just, I'm just nervous because we don't actually have enough money to, to pay the rent, right? And the car broke down yesterday. And actually, yesterday, last week, Mary and I actually got in this big fight. And so I'm not actually mad that she's not helping me. I'm mad that she, I don't know what Mary did. She didn't take the garbage out when I asked her to, whatever, right? And so instead of just reacting, Right? And we get down to the heart, but you have to ask the why questions. And again, this is what takes time and it takes energy. And anything worth doing takes some time and some energy right, to go down and to look into what is happening. Okay, so ask those why questions. Take time. Sometimes it's helpful to do that with somebody else. Number three, we need to link the gospel with emotional health. So the gospel, guys, is our safe place. It is our safety net. And when we identify the motivations of our feelings, when we ask these why questions, when we get to the root of it, I'm selfish, I'm prideful, I'm scared, I'm not trusting, we we name this motivation, right? Then we can bring it to Jesus without fear. There's no fear. He's not going to reject you. He's not going to turn you away. He's going to accept you and love you. Right? We talked about this last week, that God loves you right where you're at. Exactly how you are with all your brokenness. But he loves you far too much to leave you in that place. And so he welcomes you in and he cleans you up. Scazzaro, in his, in his book, I love this. He says, The gospel says that you're more sinful and flawed than you ever dared believe. Good news. You're more sinful and flawed than you ever dared believe. Yet you are more accepted and loved than you ever dared hope. Because Jesus lived and died in your place. Yeah, you're broken. Yeah, you've messed up. Yeah, you've got some, some junk. But don't let that keep you away. That do, it's, it, don't let that keep you from the love of Jesus because he has accepted you and loved you. You are righteous in him. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, God made him who had no sin, that's Jesus, to be sin for us. 
so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Right? And so we, can we get to take on Jesus' righteousness. You sitting here right now, regardless of what you did this morning or last night or last week, are righteous in Jesus if you have bowed the knee to him as your Lord and Savior. Right? Your sin doesn't actually change that. Right? You don't have to kind of clean yourself up and, and, and sing all the, all the worship songs real good so that you can come before God. Right? You are righteous in him. Should you deal with your sin and your garbage? Yes, absolutely, because we don't want to be funnels of corruption and grossness and sin into our families and into our world. Right? But our sin doesn't have to separate us from God because we are righteous in him. And as we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us. And it's this revelation, this understanding of the good news, the gospel of Jesus, that allows us to face the painful truth about what's going on in our hearts, about the truth about who we are and why we do what we do. Because he loves us, he accepts us, but he's not going to leave us like that. Right? So we name our feelings. We get down to the core. Why am I feeling this way? Those motivation questions. Then for whatever we find, we bring that to Jesus and allow him to bring his healing and to bring his truth. And when, after we do this, we can walk out this practice of getting rid of what Scazzaro calls our glittering images or what I used to call our church masks, right? This kind of facade that we put on. We can bring our brokenness right to the cross. We find grace. We find forgiveness. We find acceptance. We can be uh, comfortable with our true selves, not this glittering image or this false idea of, that we try to project to others. So the problem with this false projection is we still feel broken and scared inside. Because our concern is that, man, I'm going you know, to hang out with Jamie, right? And I'm going to kind of project this kind of super spiritual with it guy. It's pretty easy for me. Just kidding, sorry. I'm going to pr project this image, right? But inside, I'm like, man, if, if Jamie found out the truth, he'd reject me too. And so the mask is so unhelpful. It makes us... You try to make us 